up, what's up, y'all? This is your host, Lita Johnson, of the best sports podcast in the game. Follow this podcast. We are going to talk about the Sixers. Those Sixers, man, it's back. It's going down. It is It is on point. Um, let's go down the stats real quick. Uh, Tobias Harris looked good. 15 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. 10.6 rebounds for MB. He looked fluent. He looked he, he dancing around. Looked good. Simmons at the power forward position had 9 points, 9 assists, 1 for 2 from the 3. And Cork Moss had 7 points, 2 rebounds. That's brought to you by Philadelphia 76 Twitter. Listen, man. They look good. I know it's exhibition, but, you know, you just got to look at the things that you're supposed to look at. Are they hitting shots? Are they are they looking like a team? Is, is, is the unity looking good? Because last year it was kind of questionable as the year was going by, in which I knew. I knew it was going to happen. I knew. I told people last year, I said, listen. I said, listen, um, Sixers have to, they're going to be the best. Even before the season starts, I said, they're going to be their best toward the end of the season. They have to get their chemistry going. I mean, it's too many new pieces. In the last three years, Ben Simmons and, and Embiid have not had a steady team. One thing Jordan had and Pippen had was a steady team. You know, they had people that was steady there. They had, uh, you know, they had guys, you know, Horace Grant stayed for a couple of years. They did their thing. You know, you had John Paxson and, and you know, had Kerr. You had guys that stayed there. Bill Cartwright, guys that stayed there, that jailed it together. Coming off the bench. All those things, you know, Bill Winnington, Luke Longley. Guys came in there and, you know, you make things happen. You know, any team, the Warriors, before Kevin Durant came, of course they had something going. San Antonio Spurs, any team that's going to be a championship team has somebody, you know, has a team together. But I think people don't realize about this team, this team is so talented. It's, and the reason why I say they don't recognize it is because they don't judge it like that. They don't. They don't. They don't really judge it like, okay, this is this team is on paper is one of the top three talented total lineups. And I'm looking at all these lineups they're looking at because it's, it's a it's a free ball game. It's not like when the Warriors was doing it and everybody else was second. It's a big ball game now. You got Ben Simmons. Shake Milton hasn't arrived yet for people. He hasn't arrived yet. He hasn't made that full thrust yet. He hasn't, you know, been that type of player that that people are calling impact yet. But if you look at him, he's going to be the same impact that, you know, people like Terry Rozier made. Terry Rozier was a big spark for Boston, big-time point guard off the bench. And now look what he's doing for Charlotte. Milton, 6'5", he's going to be even more, more loose, even more explosive with um, the Sixers. Now, you saw people like Glenn Robinson third run around the court, you know, Burke taking his shots. Um, you saw Norville Pell with the defense. You saw... Dibble on both sides of the floor. He looks explosive. He he just looks like a guy that was a steal. Like he really, I mean, if you look at the team that they're going to have in the future, Dibble is the small forward with Tobias as power forward, MB, uh, Ben Simmons, and J- Josh Richardson. I just don't think Shake Milton will be the starter going forward in the future. I just don't think that'll happen. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a time where Milton is not the. God, they, they ain't gonna be able to keep like 
We'll see what happens. It's going to be a time where Milton is not the point guard. But at the same time, if you look at things, they want to put more weapons around Ben, and that's why that happened because with Ben at point guard, there's not, if you look at the team that the Sixers have, you can't put Shake at the two guard. I think it's better to put him. I mean, even you can. I think they could do that, put Shake at the two guard. But when you got Shake and Josh and Tobias on the floor, which can happen either way, you could put Josh at small forward, but what you do with, with Tobias at the small forward, you, you give a little mismatch or you give an equal, you know, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and playing, you know, the power forward position with the shot that he has and the ability to rebound. And automatically 10 rebounds is coming up because now he's at the small forward position. Automatically, he's going to get more rebounds at the at the small forward position. And it's going to happen in the season too. I mean, this is what's going to happen. Ben Simmons at power forward is a mismatch. On only because there ain't too many athletes that could do what he do, and he's going to bring you out to the perimeter and pass the ball. Like as a power forward, you're going to have to be able to guard Ben Simmons at the perimeter. And the crazy part is, you can move Ben Simmons to to, to if, if you decide for that to be a start lineup, you can always move Ben Simmons back to the point guard position. They said Neto had a great camp, so I think they trust Neto to be the backup point guard. To, I think they want to give Neto time too. This isn't just about Ben Simmons and how the, the lineup runs. This isn't just about Shake Milton and giving him more time. This is about guys on the bench like Neto. You got Cork Myers, you got Burks, guys like that who you want to give time to. Cork Myers can back up the small forward position. He's six 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 seven. He's six seven. My fault. Cork Myers is six seven. So you put Burke at one spot. Then you're throwing Robson the third in there. At times, you know, Mike Scott. I mean, it's so they're so deep at bench now. I think that's not being looked at. They're so deep at bench. They can throw, you know, you got Pell and you got O'Quinn at center. If you when you want to have a guy to come in there and change the game on defense, you put Pell in there. I mean, he really does. It like if it's anything he does, he does. He plays good defense. I'm really excited about it. all. We need, all this team needs is chemistry. That's it. They need to play together, get used to each other, and feel good playing with each other. That's it. I see a lot of uh, greatness, and then in this in this season, this could give the Sixers chance to win a championship. I'm not calling them the champion; I'm calling the Lakers the champion. But the Sixers can take it if they come together. Like if you look at the Lakers, they got Davis and James. And they got a lot of good pieces, a lot of good pieces on the Lakers. And then the Sixers got Simmons and Embiid. But then you got Tobias Harris. I think the third guy to the Lakers' third guy is is, is way better. And then you're talking about Josh Richardson. If you're looking at the start lineup that they have on the Lakers, if you're looking at Kyle Kazum, who, who can light it up, he's a good scorer. That's the guy. It seems like they don't give him enough time. So it's like when you look at certain players on the Sixers, look at certain players on the 76ers. And the one guy who I feel like Lights up the most is Josh Richardson. I just think he can do so much on the floor. He's a game changer. He didn't even have to score 20 points. 
He'll get you when he gets you on offense. He's going to play great on defense. He can see he can distribute the ball. And then now Shake Milton is the guy that I think they just want to light it up. He, he can do it. He, he can really do it. To have him on a team where Ben Simmons don't really care about scoring, you know, you want him to be a killer. Just like Josh. I think they want both those guys to be killers. Josh Richardson and Milton to be killers. Light it up when you just go ahead and play. Play. Be aggressive. Play. Because Ben Simmons plays the game at ease. He does. He plays aggressive. But sorry, y'all. He has an ease to it. He wants to fit into the game like a glove. He wants to fit into the game like a glove. And it's huge to look at this. I'm going to have a soon. I have Keith Pompey from Philadelphia 76's analyst. One of the best out there. Um, I have him on here. We'll talk sixes, and it, it is crazy to look at this team now with Ben Simmons hitting the three. And it's it's a message when you come in the first, it's whatever, whatever, and you attempt two threes, you hit one. If Simmons, I told, if Simmons, I put it on Twitter. If Simmons can hit thirty-seven for forty from the three, the six going to the championship. Thirty-seven percent to forty percent from the three, he's going. They won the championship. They hit thirty-five percent. They still got a great chance. If you're getting three-point consistency, put it like this: if he's hitting thirty-five percent from the three, but he's hitting two threes a game, you're in trouble. If he if he's hitting almost two threes a game, you're in trouble. Like that means you're going to have to guard him out there. But his main objective is to get you penetration, uh, um, um, post up, transition, passing. Defense. If he's adding that, then you, you can't leave him out there, and you don't know when he's going to hit that shot because he's not a guy that's just going to throw it up. So that's going to be a problem for people. The big scores are going to be Tobias, Josh Richardson, and Shake Milton. And we're not talking about Embiid because Embiid is a soft solidified. You know, we're talking about other guys who just go getters besides Embiid and, and Simmons. Because Embiid is going to do Embiid. I mean, ten to six, and when he did, I mean, you just got to know that Embiid is going to be something different and special. And he's going to open it up for everybody. Like, the Lakers have Anthony Davis, but the Sixers have Joel Embiid. And we've seen games and all analysts when Embiid has outplayed Davis. I mean, there's no really separation on how good Embiid is from Davis. They're almost the same, identical. Seriously, now, last year, people was like, you know, uh, Embiid was kind of back. But you know what he averaged, right? So it's kind of crazy to say that he held back. Because he did, to not held back, but he just kind of like looked like he didn't have the the the, the energy or, or know how or want to in, in some games, you know. Because the year before he just looked more dominant. But dang, when you ain't even dominant, you can give twenty three and twelve. That's that's super scary. I'm um. <laughs> The 76ers have a, a, a great chance in making a serious run because when those starting five guys leave, right, who are your guys? You talking about um, Neto, Burks, Cork Myers, Robson III, Thibel. Just before you name anybody else, that's enough. Bible comes and gives you a game changer on both sides of the on, on defense, and then he gives you a, a wiry, energetic offensive player 
he's very underrated offensively. The man can hit threes. He can drive in and dunk on you if he wants. As you saw with the dunk, he's he just gotten better. He's learned more in, in this quarantine time. And he's looking like a guy you have to really keep. He's going to be their bench piece, period. Even though you got Burke. Burke is a big shot maker. He's a big time scorer. Glenn Robson the third rooms all I mean, he's just he's hard to guard. On transition. I think on transitions he's very hard to guard. One on one. You gotta watch out of guarding him. He for a bench piece. When your when your second unit comes and they guard a guy like Robson the third, he's hard to guard. He's hard to guard. You don't have too many second unit pieces like Glenn Robson the third. And then you got Burke who can hit shots from anywhere. He don't care. He'll shoot it and he'll hit it. And then you got Fiebel. That is a that that right there is a crazy bench. Then Neto is the underrated piece. Like Neto always played big. Then you get Kylo Quint and, and Pell, you know, and Scott. These are uh, good bench pieces. Guys like Scott has long range, he's tough. And then you got Kylo Quint. Those three guys are all those are three toughest guys on the bench. And Neto and Pell, uh Quint and Scott. It's just tough guys. Tough guys. They can they can bang you around, they play defense, they're gonna play with heart. It's going to be big. This team is the most talented I've saw in my lifetime of watching the Sixers. I've been watching them since, like, 1990. You're talking about bench. And, and, and I mean, I watched Charles Barkley was my first star to watch for the Sixers. I mean, Pop used to watch, you know, when they had Charles Barkley, Hersey Hawkins, Johnny Dawkins, Ryan Anderson, Armand Gilliam, Charles Shackelford. You know, the time they traded for Jeff Rulin one time. You know, when they did that uh, – you know, you had Mike Jeminski in them times, you know, around, around, you know, earlier than that, you know, earlier than that. I honestly feel that this team is ready. They're ready. They're, they're ready, but it, you, you would want a, another year season, but they got to do it with the acquisitions of Burks and Robinson III. Damn, like Burks will be a free agent and Robinson III will be here. I just think that this is if you want to make a win a championship, this is it. This is the team to do it right now. Like you got all the pieces, they have all the pieces, every single piece. And then if you add Ben Simmons shooting more threes, like that right there, I want to see this happen. I, I, I want to see Ben. I want. I'll let you know really what I think. If if, if Ben Simmons is shooting more three pointers, then the Sixers are going. I'm. I'm going to lean toward them. We got to see more consistent when the, when the season starts. The more consistent games. If, if Simmons is hitting more three pointers, you're going to see me. We're going to wait till about give me three games, and if I see Simmons hitting three pointers in each game or attempting three pointers in each game, and all three, if he's attempting them, everybody's in trouble. Everybody's in trouble because Ben Simmons. If you've seen him shoot in practice. A person that practices three pointers, you got to look at that as seventy percent credibility that he can hit threes. When Embiid was shooting three pointers in practice before he started playing, everybody's like, "Oh, Embiid can shoot the three. Now he's shooting thirty four percent. He his years playing, he's been making that a shot. No matter if it's a high percentage shot or not, a guy like Embiid that can still hit high percentage shots, still dominate without being a uh, a 40% or 38% or whatever credibility percentage three-point shooter still hit a three-point shot. That's dangerous. So this is where we're going to roll with that.
This is how he rolled with that. I just feel like the Sixers have that have that credit to be a team of that stature. Will they make any trades? Is is the thing? Is any trades gonna happen? I doubt it. They just got too many. Like, what what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna go for? It's a possibility, but I don't think they make any trades. They just have everything they need. I, I, I mean, what would you do? Um, who would you trade? This team is built. They just have to keep them on playing together and getting better. It's always hard when you got um a team trying to get together and trying to be a better team. And it's hard when you got different people. When Jimmy Butler came, you remember, everybody remembers. But dang, people have to realize this is basketball. I think LeBron James messed up the dynamic of what's supposed to be known. I think everybody thinks that when you get a team together, they're supposed to win right then and there. It is hard to get to play. It is hard to get new players to play together and win. LeBron James is one of the few players that can do it. Kevin Durant had to do it with three. Warriors already had a nucleus when Durant came. That was like overload. LeBron James comes and they create a nucleus. On the Lakers, it's not three people now, it's two. And LeBron is still number one, which is another thing. Why is LeBron not the greatest? Because Jordan documentary came out? I'm kind of trapped between it. I've been seeing Jordan when he won his first championship. You know, Jordan was drafted in 84. The, the Bulls took him seven years to get one. It took him seven years to even get to the title. LeBron got there in three years. You can't say that it was tougher then. These are still NBA players. It's tough to get to the championship. You're talking about getting to the championship. That's what you're talking about, getting to the NBA championship at an age of early 20s. Are you calling players that soft because he got there in his early 20s? I don't care who you are. Grown men on the floor, these are the best players in the world. How does a a, a guy in his early 20s take a team that wasn't even, that team was less than par. That team should have been knocked out in the first round. He took this team to the finals. That alone should let everybody know. The, the legacy of LeBron, the Jordan, when it starts to be, you know, you know in 84, you know he averaged a triple-double in one playoffs and they never made it to the finals, you know. Then he ended up making, you know, Pistons beat him up all day. They're talking about, oh, it wouldn't have been tough. How can you judge how tough a play? I don't I really want to look at analysts and say it was harder back then. So how can you say that LeBron James or any other player wouldn't have been as good as they are now? How, you calling them weak already? That's like an insult. These are grown men. You didn't know how Jordan was going to be till he played. You didn't know how Carl Malone, how Barkley was going to play till they played. So all of a sudden, you punish players for what the rules are now? Just because the rules are different? 
Like that, that makes no absolutely no sense because they will never have a chance to play in that era. So you will never know. Then you're looking at who would score more in this era. Um, I I could say because of the the um the thing is Jordan wasn't a three point shooter. He was a scorer. So ain't will he score more points? I'm gonna say yeah. Would guys score less points back then? Some of them. I think some of these guys, you have to be real with basketball if you really know basketball. The evolution of basketball happened. <laughs> it happens. Just like after Dr. J, Jordan scored more than Dr. J. Players back in the day didn't score more than players. Like, it was only a, but it was a certain amount of players that did score. Will Chamberlain, what he scored. What are you going to say about him? Oh, the guy, it's always an excuse. Guys, everybody didn't, Will Chamberlain wasn't the only tall guy back then. Bill Russell didn't even score close to what Will Chamberlain was scoring. No matter what you people say about Will Chamberlain and who he played against, he changed the game. Bill Russell didn't even score close. Did he, could, he, could he score at least 30 points a game? No, he didn't. How many people did what Elgin Baylor did? How many people did what Oscar Robson did? So people are really not analyzing basketball because they were always Jerry West. There were always phenomenal Rick Barry. Like, there were always phenomenal factors. There wasn't much, much scoring like the ABA because the ABA had three-point shots. Were they able to score less without three-point shot? Hell yes. Even the slam dunk. The slam dunk is an easier dunk. You're dunking over people instead of making the jump shot or the layup or the finger roll. But to say these guys wouldn't be, you know, Good players, because of the rules, is just totally insulting. Totally insulting the basketball. And that means you analysts shouldn't be watching basketball because you have a disrespect for the new generation, for evolution. Because Jordan didn't play with the athletes that's out now. I mean, point guards like Ben Simmons didn't exist except for Magic Johnson. And, you know, he didn't deal with that. Magic Johnson left. Magic Johnson was on his last wheel. He left. There was no point guards like Ben Simmons when Jordan played. None. There weren't. There there wasn't. A, a, what what forward was like LeBron? Everybody want to talk about Scotty. None of them was like LeBron. Not one. Not not James Worthy. Nobody. You're not gonna put them on a team with two guys and they win a championship. I don't see Worthy winning the championship if you put Karl Malone and. And this is what Gary Payton. I don't see them winning the championship automatically. It can happen, but I don't see them. Oh, this is it. I don't. See, then he goes to another team. Same thing with Scottie Pippen. Because I've seen this debate. I've seen like Stephen A. and guys bring up certain players that are good. I don't see Scottie Pippen getting with a a Sean Kemp and um, Tim Hardaway and winning the championship. You just can't put them with any two. Look at the dream team, Clyde Drexler, Scottie Pippen, and and Chris Mullen, or, 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 or who, Scott, Clyde Drexler, Scottie Pippen, and John Stockton. I don't see them winning the championship. LeBron James is a different monster. He's not Jordan. If you say, oh, if I put Jordan with these two guys, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, LeBron James is a different monster. Jordan only stayed with one team. You put Jordan with 
Carl Malone and Scott and, and Gary Payton. We're talking something dynamic. I, I'm now hold on now. Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Michael Jordan. That's that's a you know you can I say it's a championship. But can we honestly say that? Can we honestly say that it's it's never happened? You know why I can go against that because he didn't even get to the championship without. Scotty Pippen. So that's the only reason I question it. Oh, the, the East was weaker. That, that's that's okay. If the East is weaker, there's still NBA players. You still have to get through seven series games. You still have to play and grind. He had a weaker team. He didn't have. He had three weak teams. It was that one. The one championship when the Warriors won their first championship. Warriors won the championship. Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt in the playoffs. He still took that team to the finals. He still almost was going to. He, he looked like he was going to pull it off. He was really playing the Warriors himself. Tough. The Super Warriors, tough. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just things, you know, I, I just wanted to bring up on that situation of the Jordan versus LeBron debate, it just don't add up. No matter what you see that Jordan did, it wasn't as phenomenal as what LeBron did. On the court, it, it wasn't. You're talking about highlights of Jordan, highlights. Oh, he won the championship. We know why he won the championship. He never left Jackson and Pippen. If he would have left Jackson and Pippen, we'd have a debate. We, we, we would have a great debate of Jordan being better than LeBron. We want to talk about who's better, who's this and that. Because Jordan couldn't beat the Pistons. And that was the same time. Jordan couldn't make it to the finals. That was the same. Oh, so you're saying it was too hard for the greatest player of all time to make it to the... You're putting pressure on a person and he's not even... Like, come on. You're putting pressure on something that he never folded over. He never conquered it. This is his time. Oh, he couldn't win it because it was so tough back then. It was tough. So this is not your greatest player if he can't overcome LeBron dominated his his part. If Jordan is so much more tougher than LeBron, then he would have dominated his era like that. He didn't do it. And so that brings me back to the Sixers for the Sixer fans because I got caught up in that. Um, this is the time for Simmons. I, I had one judging of the basketball players who would be the best, and I also want to talk about that before I get out of here. I said Jalen Green, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, the Greek Freak, and Imani Bates. Those were my guys. Let's do it again. The five in, in about a five-year span, the best players in the league would be Jalen Green, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, the Greek Freak, and Imani Bates. Because let's look at the, uh, well, I'm going to have to say um, Kevin Durant will still be here probably, or James. I guess they would. In five years? I don't, I don't know if they'll still be here. We'll see what happens. Contracts will be up, everything. But if James and Durant are still here, that'll be hard to be. But at the same time, we'll see. But those are the, few, the, the, the five future stars. Uh, Amani Bates will be in the 2023 draft if he doesn't go to the G League. And if you're looking at the five years from now, that's 2025. So I say in two years... Amani Bates, because right now it's 2021, all right? And when the 2023 draft comes along, you know, we're talking, I'm saying from now, that's 25, that's the 2025, you know, season. You know, uh, 
to a 2026 NBA season. By that, by the 2025-2026 NBA season, Amani Bates will be a star in the NBA. I mean, I'm just predicting that it could be, and that'll be his, what, second year in the league, second to third year in the league. I say his second to third year, he'll be one of the top five players in the league. Uh, Jalen Green is going to be on the front of Sports Illustrated, face of the NBA. He has great energy, energetic. He he is the face. He's what you need, especially for this new generation. He's like a mixture of Al Iverson, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan demeanor. He's cocky. He's ready to play. He has a swag. He's style. And then Ben Simmons, I mean, really, it's going to be a fight. Everybody's already known this about Ben Simmons being the prodigal, the, the prodigy of, of of LeBron James. So it's only a matter of time for his whole – this is – if you really look at his career and people are not really looking at it, he's already been phenomenal. He's made – multiple all-star games as a, a, at another position. Now he's playing power forward. And still, like, we haven't seen a player like this. Or or, or we haven't seen this applied to to another any any great players. Magic Johnson played center in the finals. That was one time. We're talking about a whole season worth of work. He's starting the season playing multiple positions. That wasn't Magic Johnson's M.O. He didn't play different positions. People didn't even do that with players like that. They did that with Magic Johnson because they had an injury. To, you know, Kareem didn't play, and Magic got put in there. That's what happened. Ben Simmons is playing multiple positions on the regular. He's guarding multiple positions on the regular at an elite level. He's something that he could be the best player in the league, but I say Jalen Green is going to be that. But he could easily, I could easily be wrong in Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid is going to be the most dominant front court player in this league. He's not there yet. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. It's just like scratching the surface. We're just all waiting on it. Greek Freak, yeah, he's just going to get better and better. He's just going to get better and better. I mean, he's just a good player. He's really a good He's, I mean, a great player. He's really, 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 really great. Like, I I think it's stuff that's going to happen for him. Amani just looks like a guy who's a, who's a man child. At his age, you know, he's better than, you know, he's just as good as Jalen. At his age, as Jalen is almost now, almost by age. I'm talking about by age, Jalen has him. Amani, I know a lot of people look at Amani and they say things about Amani Bates, but Amani is is good, but I just don't see the... It's, it's a wow factor because of how good he is at his age. Because, you know, as good as Jalen was, you know, he just isn't shooting like Amani is. He isn't as fluent as Amani was at 16, but he still was unbelievable like Jalen was unbelievable at my Amani's age can we look at his high school career he was unbelievable Jalen Green has been unbelievable been dominant it's, I think Amani's shot Amani's shot makes him better than Jalen at, at that age at that age his three-point shot his shot is so fluent and when you have a shot like that, it really takes you over. The, that's the only thing that makes him better than Jalen at, at that age. Because Jalen didn't have a shot like that at that age. Now, Jalen has that shot now. So we're talking top five. I, I, this is where I go. I can't even leave it. That's you know, Zion Williamson, Luca. We can say Luca, but Luca, listen, Luca's good. But Luca doesn't look like the type of, looking at his skill set, he don't like the type of guy that will elevate. Like them guys gonna do it. He just doesn't have the athleticism. He has the IQ to carry him over. He has good, you know. He showed he can drive and dunk. You know, but he's just not gonna be as powerful 
as everybody. He'll be better than Zion. He, he could be better than Zion. And that's the thing. Like, people got to understand. I know you see Luka and you're so wild by him. And, oh, my God, Luka, 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 Luka Doncic. But he's, he's great. He's a great player. But there are great NBA players in the league right now just like him. And Zion Williamson, when you look at guys like John Morant, Trey Young, and Zion Williamson, who's better right now? It's Lucas. No question Lucas better. But in, in the next couple of years, out of all them guys I just named, Zion looks like a guy, if he keeps if he stays healthy and he plays, he's a guy that's gonna be like, Oh, he's better than Luca. Because he's just too dominant. He's too big to guard. Like Luca doesn't have a dominant factor to the point where you you can't guard him part. He can shoot, he can score. But when Zion get that ball and, and body to body you, drive past you and in a post or go for a rebound. Like he's he you can't guard him. He's physically unable to you're physically unable to guard Zion Williamson. So it's gonna be some stuff definitely. It's another guy I feel like if we're talking future stars, uh you gotta watch out for Cameron Reddish. Cameron Reddish is gonna be a star in this league. Um Watch out for him. All right? Definitely going to be a star in this league. And I'm all for it. I'm here for to see it. I'm here to see it. I'm, I'm here to see it. Let's get it done. Okay? Now, I'm um, I'm telling y'all, man, listen. Great, great. This is a podcast. I want to get at y'all about um, the Sixers and, you know, talk about a few things. Um, follow me on lead, uh, Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on uh, Facebook. Follow the leader, man. I'm here for y'all, man. Let's go. All my sons like Phoenix. My city and state never ever seen this. Jimmy Neutron, I'm a young boy genius. On a full time, I'ma give her that penis. When it's just done, I'ma fill up arenas. Ooh, like Gilbert Arenas. Shoot my shot, I'm still with the demons. Ooh, I keep it thorough. I got five chicks in New York, that means one in each borough. I'm in the pocket like Burl. When I'm back home, no, they treat me like Robert De Niro. Took her to talk about butter or churl. Took her home, gave her a cinnamon swirl. I left it in, now I got a one euro. Zeros on zeros on zeros. That's what my bank account balance say. I got a check from a shoe company, now I do anything in New Balance say. Bought her a plane to get out of state. I got me a shorty from runaway. Said I'm in town today. She said she coming over and she down to stay. I got a hit. She been playing that shit. So when she pull up on me, I know what she about to say. What's poppin'? Brand new whip. Just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Just joshin'. I'm spendin' this holiday lockin'. My body got rid of them toxins.